0: Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local off-site backup storage solution. Contact us today. Visit MidwestDataDepot.com.
1: Welcome to Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, only on the home of Notre Dame football, Sports Radio 960, WSBT, and WSBTradio.com. Brought to you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Sherwood Tire, Barnaby's of Mishawaka, and Granger, Pet Refuge,
0: Centier Bank, Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance, McElvee Boltruck, OSMC, Imperial Furniture, Lozier, Pella Windows, and Hotel Elkhart.
2: Vegas! You sing it, Elvis. Vegas, the party town. The Strip, Sin City, Vegas, baby. How about what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Well, maybe not today's tonight. Staying in Vegas, you're fighting Irish. They want to take on the Cougars from BYU at the Las Vegas Raiders Allegiant Stadium. Notre Dame would like nothing more than to have everyone in the country hear about what happened in Vegas today. The question is, will we see the Irish from the North Carolina game or the one from the two losses? With a bye last week, some good rest for some injuries, and the coaches all had time to prepare for BYU in the second half of the season. I'm Tim Grau, along with Jim Arizari here on the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show. Game Day, celebrating its 50th year on WSBT. On today's show, we'll be joined by four former Fighting Irish and NFL players. Tight end Derek Brown, center Tim Grunhard. Offensive tackle Sam Young and linebacker Corey Mays. Plus, we'll connect with our favorite doctor, Doctor Brian Radigan, with the Irish in Vegas. But first, I have on my notes says "Good morning, Jim." But I guess I should say "Good <laughs> afternoon." It's morning out in Vegas. Uh, it,
0: it's morning somewhere. That always, is really, that is. but uh, yeah, it, it, it's. I enjoyed sleeping in a little bit today. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I. I. You know, the, when when we get to the. Uh, Back to the 9 a.m. starts. Right. Ooh. And, of course, Syracuse is up in the air, too.
2: I know. I know. And <laughs> a... you got to stay late. You're going to be late, as we were yeah, just talking. Exactly. You yeah. do the post-game show, and uh, it's always a good post-game show when it's a win.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Reggie's in a better mood. I'm in a better mood. Everybody's in a better mood then. You got it. So
2: Well, you know, we had a week off, too, last week. So yeah. I guess we got regenerated, and so we're ready to go. I love the background here of our first guest. And I love it. 50th year, my 23rd. To me, this is a newbie guest. I can't find any records that he's ever been on game day in the 50 years. So if he has, he'll tell us. But from Vegas, and it looks like Hawaii, actually, behind him, tight end Derek Brown. Good morning.
3: Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody?
2: We're doing good. Doing good so, Derek. So what is that backdrop back there? Because you did tell me you're in Vegas, right?
3: I, I am in Vegas. I mean, this is the room I'm in. I'm in my room. So let's see here. You know, if I don't do
4: that,
0: you know, no, nah, I can't move a move. No, back. it looks great. It, it looks like anyway. a natural
2: setting. It looks like you're at Maui. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't, it. I don't need That's to see it. a gray wall behind you. I'm good with, no. I'm good with Maui. No. So, there so Derek, go. first,
2: tell me, did you catch up with a lot of the guys last night?
0: Um,
3: I actually, not too many of them. Uh, you know, actually I got, I got in on Thursday, uh, and I, you know, obviously hooked up with Reggie Brooks, hooked up with, uh, Sean Wooden, uh, uh Dean Lyle, Lyle, uh, uh, just to name a couple. I'm going to expect you to go see a bunch of guys, uh, today when, uh, I head out of here and get to, uh, some of these pre tailgate parties and tailgate parties and things.
2: Yeah. I heard that they're really treating everybody pretty nice, uh, in Vegas. I saw the, The band and the drum corps out in front of the uh, hotel last night. So they got all sorts of things covered from what I've heard for you guys.
3: Oh, yeah. Yes, they do. Yes, they do.
2: So let me ask you this, because we talked about this to some of the guests last week and and before, how Marcus Freeman is really embracing the former Notre Dame player uh, alumni. Would you agree with that?
3: Absolutely. Wholeheartedly. Um, that was been, you know, that's, that's a huge, huge factor. I think, uh, I was very pleased soon as, uh, shortly after he was hired, uh, he actually, they, they had a, uh, like a zoom meeting for all wow. former players, uh, to get on once a month, uh, kind of like a, a state of the union state of the union football address. And you could even, uh, email in your questions that you may have had, uh, prior to, but he definitely wants us involved. And, you know, I think it's a good thing. I mean, uh, so much so that, you know, I heard uh, guys, I didn't, wasn't able to make the spring game. Uh, My daughter actually uh, graduated from UC San Diego. Congratulations. uh, San Diego. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Basketball player out there. And, uh, and so I wasn't able to go to it, but it was, it was very, very cool. And very, uh, uh, very nice to hear that, you know some of the players there he had them uh they were talking to some of uh, the former players right so if you are doing a spring practice you know you got a, a Brian Young or you know Jerome Bettis I'm not sure all who was there but mm-hmm. pulling your your defensive lineman aside and just you know giving a tip a you know hand placement or a punch or, or whatever that's not a bad thing that's no, not overcoaching all. i mean what better you know there's someone who's actually done it and you know at a very, very high level, and obviously this year being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, um, I definitely think it's very good to uh bring back that sense of community, that sense of family, uh, of truly what Notre Dame is.
2: So, we'll go back to how you're recruiting everything, but while you're on that, so your look about Michael Meyer, <laughs> he's like. Another yeah. tight end you, and that's I also wanted to comment on because you were kind of starting – Dave Casper, I know, was before you, but you kind of started the stretch of tight ends. So sure. it was, now to Michael Meyer, what makes tight ends be so special at Notre Dame?
3: Uh, you know what? With me, I have no idea because we sure as hell didn't throw the ball. So <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit before my time. So. Now you sound like Aaron uh, Rodgers.
2: I just read he says he wants – he told his coach on TV, coach, he wants to throw the throw his coach under the bus. So – so, uh, so you're, you're a good blocker. Maybe that's how Notre Dame, they become yeah, blockers yeah, for the NFL. The
3: few times, right, right. And the few, you know, the times I did get the ball, you know, I did something with it. Um, no, you know what it is? I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, really, I guess it boils down to culture, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, we got that, we have that, uh I'm not to say stereotype, but, you know, it's, 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 it's culture, it's coaching, it's. Getting that right guy. I mean, they just got a knack for finding that that right type of tight end to fit the various offices that there's been through uh, throughout the years. But also, too, I mean, if, if you look at what's going on in NFL, you know, the tight ends is a very, very, very crucial part now. A tight end is, you know, if not more as value, more valuable than, you know, a, a good wideout sometimes, right, right. because – it's that mismatch, right? You want to create mismatches, and if you got a guy that can, you know, is big enough to hold down the corner, seal the corner, and then go deep and run routes across the middle, take some hits. That's a lot of, you know, your security blanket, right? right? That tight end is really a security blanket for, you know, all quarterbacks, really.
2: Well, he's sure, a security blanket uh, for Pine right now, and when they were able sure. to create a lot of uh, uh, mismatches a couple of weeks ago and got the ball in his hands a lot, a lot more.
4: This is sure, the Legacy no, Heating and air,
2: air Game Day show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're talking with former All-American tight end Derek Brown. So born in Virginia, high school in Florida. What brought a Virginian Floridian up to South Bend?
3: <laughs> All right. So uh, here's the story. My story. So my dad worked for IBM, and so every two and a half years I used to move. So even though I actually I was living in uh, Gaithersburg, but I was born in Falls Church, Virginia, which is Fairfax County. Mm-hmm. And uh after that we moved to Houston. I was like three years old there. We moved to Atlanta. I'm not sure what how old I was. Uh we moved back to the DC area, uh, Maryland, that area, and then California, England, California, wow. Florida. And that was all by the time I was in the fourth grade. So I was in that so I could I'm a Floridian. I've been there since well. I, I went, there, I moved there when fourth grade, uh-huh. and I graduated from there. So,
2: yeah. So, though, did you re- come in recruiting up here during the cold weather or the uh, man? Weather? Let me tell
3: you what. So, <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. So, I was. Uh, I remember it was like December fifteenth, and it was uh, the annual football banquet. Right, that's when mm-hmm. they brought in all their top recruits. And I remember I had on a pair of slacks. I had on loafers, no socks. I had a turquoise T-shirt on with a sport coat and my Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> so we already know what time that was. This is 1988. And yes, it was Miami Vice. <laughs> right? So, And, of course, i land. You know, I lived in the cold, but had been a while. And uh, there's probably like two feet of snow on the ground. And uh, I was like, <laughs> well, wow, I didn't. You know, that wasn't a, a smart choice of a wardrobe. Um, but for me, what it boiled down to. So, you know, my junior year. Uh, if anybody asked me you know, what I was going to be or where I was going go to go school, I was going to be a Florida Gator. That's, you know, I was okay. going to be a Gator. But truthfully, I, uh, I kind of got tired of people telling me where I was going to go. You know, people would stop me on the street and say, hey, where well, are you going to play ball? You know, oh, you know, you're going to be a Gator, right? I'm just like, yeah, well, maybe not. And, uh, of course, I had a bunch of good friends that uh, from my high school, played for Florida. I had, uh, there was, at the time, uh, three guys from my high school, that, or two from my high school that played in Miami, and then, two guys at my grade went to Miami as well so uh, obviously was there nothing like about Miami in the 80s uh, as a young kid and it boiled down to Notre Dame and Miami two polar opposites wow, yes
1: <laughs> and,
3: and um the one the day that I made my decision I remember it was it was dusk I don't know like 530 something like that six and nobody was home and i popped in a tape wake up the echoes and i had watched it numerous times whatever but you know nothing no big deal so i watched it and i got goosebumps i had these goosebumps all over my neck and i was like okay i've been fighting it right i was like ah, i don't want to go there i want to just go to miami you know cuz you, you, know, you didn't not, have those goosebumps before right no didn't have those goosebumps before nobody at that time uh left the state of florida to play football um and, uh, I stopped fighting and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go. And so literally I went, my gut told me to go there and, uh, you know, that's why you got to trust your gut.
0: It's and, good that you didn't uh, listen to your
3: wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you <laughs>
3: exactly. Might, <laughs> you might've
2: heard this story. Who was the player on a couple of weeks ago? This is how his recruiting went. So he plane landed and he went through the tunnel from the plane into the airport, Notre Dame backs a van up to the door he steps into it. No touching the elements yet. What
0: was that? Oh, Goes man.
2: all the way back to the ACC. Pulled the pulled the the trucker van up to a door. He got out. No elements again right into there. Are you kidding me? It was almost wow. like the next day before he experienced any kind of cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that's who that funny. was now. I don't remember that.
3: It was like a black bag off. That's right. That's right. right.
2: Hey, Tim and Jim here with former Fighting Irish National Championship tight end, Derek Brown. So, freshman, you come in. And you're on a national championship team the very first year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that.
3: Well, it was kind of cool. So it was it was the perfect storm. So we had great leadership with the old school guys. But the young guys, such as myself, Rocket, uh, you know, in the class ahead of us with uh, Todd Light, Ricky Waters, Pat Terrell, and those guys, we had that chip on our shoulder. Um, you know, and quite honestly, you know, was it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily a disrespectful thing, but it was like, you know, just because we had there was older people there, you know, players. I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to, you know, bow down to you guys because, <laughs> you know, you got to if you better than me, then all right, cool. But you're not. So we're just going to figure this out. But it was it was good. It was good. You know, the talent level that we had, the athleticism, the speed that we had, it was uh, a perfect storm. And then, like people said, you know, it was a year ahead. Um, you know, truthfully, as great as that team was, we won a national championship. Probably two years after that was probably the best Notre Dame team at mm-hmm. that time with yeah. Rick Meyer and Jerome Bettis mm-hmm. and, and that crew. I think like 93, maybe 94, and, you know, Irv Smith and everybody, and Bryant Young was coming into his own there, and Junior Bryant and those guys. Um, but it, it just everything it, it clicked, and it, it was it was such a great magical ride. And I was telling somebody yesterday uh you know it, we beat i think it was like four out of the top seven teams that year
5: oh
2: and it's yeah, never been yeah. done since mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you
3: know we beat the WAC champ air force the big 10 uh michigan pack 10 US, usc and then independent miami mm-hmm. that you know that's unheard of to this this day you know to be honest with you I, uh, as far as i know um it was magical i mean it was kind of crazy i didn't know for me coming to this level it, the crowds were bigger for the most part, but the football was, you know, it was just the was football. football. I mean, like I, you know, from where I came from, like I said, I played uh ball with guys that, well, I played with three of the guys that played pro football with me. So, you know, from my high school. So that was, uh, that's just how it was where, where we grew up and, you know, we played against guys that were in high, went to the pros as well. So, you know, Guys I play were like Leon Searcy, uh, Lamar Thomas, uh, uh, Horace Copeland, uh, you know, Dale Dawkins, you know, that kind of guys.
2: Name dropper.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They all went to arch rival high schools. We still talk a lot of crap to this day.
2: (laughs) So Notre Dame, besides having great offenses, had great defense in those days, and you had to practice against those every day. Anybody have your number in practice or hit you harder than anybody else? No, nah,
3: nobody had my number in practice. But I can tell you that. No, that's honestly, why you nobody really played as a freshman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, but no, I can tell you this though. I remember um, there was just the, I, I like to think during my era there the second best team in the country was our practice squad was our second team because you know when you look at the guys that quote unquote were on you know second team and on the bench. You know, during my four years there, you got Brian Young is on the bench. Hall of Fame. He's not starting for Chris (laughs) Swartz or Jeff Hall. Mm -hmm. You had Jerome Bettis on the bench because we had two guys split time at tailback, Rocket and Ricky Waters. Uh You know, Dorsey Levens was actually slated. He was a year behind me. He was slated to start. He gets hurt in a pickup basketball game. He gets knocked down to 15 because you got Jerome, Rocket, Ricky Waters, uh, the Else, uh, uh, damn, too many hits to head. Hit, but uh, <laughs> quite a few running backs. Yeah. You know, my backup was Irv Smith, his backup was Oscar McBride, Oh, my you know, goodness. and so on. And that's right. a tight
5: end,
3: yeah, at that time, really. You know, that was a you know, no one cared about the tight end back then, uh, but that's what we had, you know. Right. And
2: you guys a, didn't do a lot of tight end, or uh, definitely not a three tight end no. set like you see nowadays.
3: No, 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 not at all. And then we did, we sure didn't, you know, we didn't really, we weren't. You know, we, we weren't as big a part of the the passing offense, uh, at all. But down, you know, back then it was, you know, ground and pound. And uh, you know, that was our that was our forte, you know, smash Mouth football. I mean, uh shoot, I don't think you know, looking at the national championship game, I think Tony threw fifteen passes maybe or thirteen, right. something yeah. like that. You know, it wasn't a lot, but uh we did have a bunch of yards, though.
2: You definitely like to play in these days because nobody just runs uh, the old-fashioned. It runs and runs and uh, runs and runs and, and runs. They, right? and,
3: and they're not allowed to. Tie, and they can't touch
1: me. Yeah, like,
3: you know what I mean. There's a whole different rules. Like, please give me space. You know, it's like you're playing a different game like altogether. Oh my God! What you can't touch me for five yards? Please, it's over.
2: We're with tight end, former tight end uh, uh, Derek Brown, who is one of the few players that won a national championship, was a first-team All-American, was a first-round NFL draft pick, and of all things, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> so so what kind of ribbing did you yeah. take when you saw yourself on the <laughs> – Well, the funny
3: thing was, so uh, I remember that day that it came out and I was walking on campus and I see Chris Zorich and he's walking by and he's like, yo, man, he goes – you on cover sports illustrated. I'm like, get out of here, man. I'm not on the cover of sports illustrated. Like, you know, for what? Like, nah, it's not me. And then he, you know, I went to, uh, went to the huddle, uh, on campus and I, you know, I saw the magazine. I was like, wow, you know, this is really cool. You know, yeah. Like mm-hmm. to be on the cover of, of sports illustrated, you know, I, I've had some pictures inside of it, but, uh, you know, few and far in between, you know, being, you know, blocking or something like that where right. you catch a glimpse of me or something. Uh, but to be on the cover, that was pretty special.
2: And you didn't have anything bad happen to you with the Sports Illustrated cover curse within the next week or two? No. You're okay.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. Because, well, that one was because it was, uh remember it was uh, one wacky season. Right. And unfortunately it was because we had uh, everyone that year who was like in the number one spot at some time like a week later, you know, got knocked off, got mm-hmm. knocked off. Uh That year, I want to say number one changed. uh, Number one team probably changed like four times, you know, four or five times that year. It was uh, pretty insane. But then that next year, because we lost to Stanford, and then that next year, or the next game against Air Force, it went off. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So you went on to play in the NFL. You played for the Giants, the Jaguars, the Raiders, the Cardinals. Do you have any infinity for one of them over the other? Not really.
3: I like them all. I mean, uh, being drafted to the giants playing for that organization. It's a very great organization. Um, I, I don't, I don't have it a fan. I like them all. I mean, it was great being there. Uh, it was great being in Jacksonville, their first three years in existence. The, my second year there we were basically three plays away from making the super bowl, a uh, block punt, interception, and right. a, a, that. a fumble away. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. Uh, it was great to be a Raider. Uh, I was only there for one year. It was uh Gruden's first year. Love that guy. Mm. Uh, it was, it was awesome to be a Raider. Um, and then finishing my career in Arizona, uh, with the Cardinals. Uh, we didn't, you know, it wasn't any special like wins. like that. We, you know, we did okay, but, uh, it was a group of guys that it was, just, it was fun to go to work every day. I had a, it was got up every morning looking forward to going to work.
2: So right in the middle of that pro career, you were severely hurt in a tackle. I'm reading here, bruised ribs, collapsed lung, spleen damage, kidney damage, in the hospital for 10 days and a wheelchair for, for a few weeks. So you persevered. Anybody else could have just retired from that point, but actually you went on to have one of your best years ever in the pros after you recuperated. What was the driving force behind all that?
3: Uh, the driving force was, well, I survived the worst hit you can have pretty much or pretty close to it. Just go out there and play. Um, I don't know. You know, it was just it, it was it. It's it's how we're built, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. it's toughness, mental toughness. Uh, I think a lot has to do with it. You know, parents, right? I won the genetic lottery. I think my parents probably had a lot to do with it. And going to Notre Dame and being brought up uh, my high school in Florida, it was just it's a mindset. It's a mindset I've always had uh, that I always will have, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was wild because I remember so. You know, when I did all that stuff, and I was a little concerned. I was like, man, you know, am I going to be able to play, you know, next year? Like, what am I going to do? And I remember I had a great trainer, uh, Jeff Hurd, uh, when I, in Jacksonville. We pretty much worked one-on-one. And so I didn't have any surgeries at all for it. It was just really just resting and letting everything, you know, scar tissue heal mm-hmm. up. And, uh, you know, I, like you said, I cracked my spleen. I had a pseudocyst on my Jeez. pancreas, uh, collapsed lung, and I just – worked out like a maniac. I got up to like 286 pounds. I was benching 405. Um, I was a little too big. And then I slimmed down once the (laughs) season got started. But uh, I remember going out to the practice fields for the first time uh, in the training, in the rehab, and looking at the field going like, oh, my God. Like, it just looked so big to me. It was huge. And I was like, how am I going to do this? You know, Jeff was like, yeah, we're just going to do this one day at a time. We're going to do a couple sprints today. We'll do a couple more the next day. We'll keep building and building and building. And, uh, uh, you know, he had a lot to do it. He helped out a lot. But, uh, you know, just persevered. That's all I know.
2: Did you know when you were first hit that it was bad?
3: Oh, yeah. As soon as I got hit, I felt a, and heard a clicking sound every time I took a breath. Mm. And I knew something was up. Yeah. And so then, I, you know, once I got up, I jogged off. Uh, Tim helped the guy who hit me, uh, mm. you know, the, he had to get – Little help too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, you know, when I went, and it was happened right before the half. And I went in, got x rayed, you know, found out that broke a rib, whatever, somewhat showered up. I'm watching the game from the training room in pain. And then I, you know, I went to the bathroom, I passed blood. And that was kind of like the, oh, we got some stuff going on here. Yeah. And then that's, went to the hospital. And, you know, every hour on the hour, they came back with, all right, he's got this, he's got that you know, this at one time they're about to crack my chest open to relieve, uh, pressure, uh, or air pressure around my, uh, my heart. Mm-hmm. But thank God they didn't do that. Cause that definitely would have been the, the end of it. Yeah, so right. I had some really great doctors there in Jacksonville.
2: Good for you, man. That's, that's quite a, quite a story. I hadn't heard that till I was doing some research and stuff. Um, let's fast forward to the fighting Irish right now. What do you see sure. that you like? What do you see that you, they need improving?
3: Well, you know what? I think what, the the big main thing I I think that they need to do is really start believing right. Uh, their, their stage is becoming becoming a champion. They played very very well against Ohio State. Yes, we lost that game, but I came away with that like okay, you know what, we're, we're okay. You know, truthfully, then we laid an egg against Marshall. Uh, you know, there's two losses there. They played well against North Carolina. Uh, I think they just got to keep doing the the. basics right get back to basics keep doing that and it's one of those things where i think it's more mental than anything once they believe that they can win they'll win Mm -hmm. and that that's what i think i think that marcus is going to have these guys ready uh you know it's going to take some time to build a true uh championship uh uh team hopefully it does happen now but you know let's face it you know a lot of people just like with us you know this is a year early so uh it's going to take You know, in order to be a champion, right? And and to be a pro, it really takes it takes three things, right? It takes first you have to have the ability to do it, which we have, right? You gotta have the ability to outwork everybody, right? No one can outwork you. And the third thing really is you gotta be lucky. You know, you gotta be lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep.
2: Well, We got about thirty seconds. So, what kind of fan will you be in the stadium, and what or what kind of fan are you when you watch TV? We hear all sorts of stuff, don't we, Jim? (laughs) People throwing remotes, telling their, kicking their wives out of the rooms. No,
5: you know
3: what? I I don't. I'm not. I'm a guy that I'll sit and like. I want to see a good game. Like, I'm not a big. You know, I'll cheer, uh, but I'm not that engaging. Like, I, you know, like the super fan, right? You know, that's just not me. Like, I'm because I'm looking. I guess kind of looking at like a coach so uh-huh. to speak. Okay. You know uh you know I'm not critiquing but I'm like ah oh, you know like you know we got to get oh that was you no know, oh that's great block you know oh that's a great hit you know guys come on don't just you know don't just hit with the shoulder let's wrap up. There you go. Type of thing. That is a coach. Know, so, coach, uh, yeah. <laughs> coach. Coach speak. Yeah coach coach. Yeah exactly. Well exactly. cool.
2: Well time flies you know the, 20 minutes as this takes off. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. Thank you. Like I said, it's great to have somebody that hasn't been on the show before, and uh, all you're a class act, just like everybody, uh, everybody else is too. And I hope you guys have a good time, have some fun tomorrow, and tonight or tonight and tomorrow too.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> I'll I'll stay in touch with you oh, over man, LinkedIn. You have, to have
2: you have good you go you put good things on LinkedIn, so I'll stay in touch with you. Thank you. All right, have a good day. Thank you very good much. Night.
3: Please do, guys. Thank you very much for having me.
2: You're welcome. That's former Notre Dame tight end Derek Brooke. Stay with us. We're back after a short break with Tim Grunhard on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, your home for the Fighting Irish. don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when i in so La, we're spotlighting some of the great acts at Las Vegas you for the music today, Jim. So you're going to hear some oldies. Color That's colors. a little bit of Dean Martin there. I
0: love Dean Martin.
2: Okay. Love Dean Martin. How about Bobby Darren later on? Yeah, okay. Then I get into some newer <laughs> ones, you know, Pink, Celine Dion. We'll get some newer ones there and stuff, too. But you've got the people that help us stay on the air.
0: That's right. Uh, of course, everything uh, powered by Legacy Heating and Air, Cook Family Business. Also by Sentier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. Uh, southbound orthopedics team physicians for the university of notre dame since 1949 and the food bank of northern indiana hunger is a story we can end learn more at feedindiana.org. all right
2: and i just heard a train come by which is probably pulling right our next guest up to the phone or whatever <laughs> that, that was a good one stuff so that was a, my
0: signal to wrap things up okay so. you got it
2: so former notre dame uh offensive lineman on the national championship team, 10-year career in the NFL with the Chiefs, and including one year as a pro bowler. And now he's an author with the book called View from the Center, My Football Life and the Rebirth of Chiefs Kingdom. We welcome Tim Grunhard to the show. Tim.
5: Well, it's great to be on with you guys on an exciting uh, Notre Dame football Saturday. Although, you know, it never seemed to uh, give us uh, opportunities to play in places like Las Vegas. We seem to <laughs> right? go to the Pittsburghs of the world or the East Lansing's of the world. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to the Irish as they get to go to Viva Las Vegas today. How about that?
2: Yeah, and you're where are you at? You're doing a book signing somewhere else in the country, correct?
5: I am- yeah, I just walked uh, out of the book signing that I did for the last hour and a half uh, at a Barnes & Noble here in a, a suburb of Kansas City. So, yeah, excited to talk to you guys a little bit about the book, but uh, excited to talk to you about some Notre Dame football. Is it Looks like we may have turned the corner a little bit and uh, got our sea legs uh, uh, together uh, as this new coaching staff uh, kind of gets their uh, balance uh, as the season goes on. So I'm excited to see what these guys could do.
2: So, Tim, I'm used to talking to you in person out there at the old Ivy Court shows and stuff, out in the out in the cold and stuff, but we talk about um, <laughs> offensive line play and stuff. I mean, obviously, you can walk the walk and talk the talk. You've coached offensive lines. You've played it in college. You've played it in the pros. You have a son that plays it. So little tightness uh, in your mind and your stomach the first couple of weeks? <laughs>
5: Yeah, you know, uh, I, I knew that Harry would get Harry Hista, the offensive line coach. I knew he'd get those guys right, and uh, they looked better the last couple weeks. But, yeah, they just didn't seem to be on the same page. They didn't seem to be kind of working together. And it's so important for an offensive line. We You know, we call it like the hand into a fist. Mm-hmm. You have the five fingers that you open up and spread. But in order for that offensive line to play well, you got to make it into a fist and be one. And they just weren't there yet. And part of it, I think, is because, you know, Patterson was hurt early in the year, and, and uh, they were used to having him in there at center and being a communicator and and, and being the uh, the guy that kind of gets them on the right track. And he wasn't there. And I think he's doing a nice job at guard right now. But, uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was interesting that when, when he did get back that they didn't put him at center. I thought – he was a very, very good center. In fact, I think that's where he'll end up playing in the NFL, is the center position. And you know, of course, uh, Lug is doing a nice job. But you know, an older guy, he's been around a long time. And and I'd be remiss not to talk about my my good buddy John Alt's son, who uh, <laughs> Joe, who's doing such a great job at the left tackle position. And remember, Joe was kind of a throw-in recruit, right? Uh, in that in that class. And you know, it kind of reminds me of a. A little short, fat kid from the south side of Chicago that was kind of a <laughs> throw-in recruit uh, back in uh, 1986. Nobody we know. That's not, it. it's, yeah, it's <laughs> not, <it's> not Jim, <laughs>
2: and that's not me, and it's not Matt, so that leaves you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but Joe's doing a great job, and Fisher. So, yeah, uh, this, the offensive line, I think, is coming into his own, and I knew Harry would get him right
2: um let's let's just we'll go into your career because this is probably what i and i apologize normally i try to read the books before i i interview somebody but i didn't get a chance to get yours yet but let me ask you why a book why now
5: well that's a great question and yeah thank you so much for for having me on to talk about it uh you know it was kind of during the covid uh, uh months that I hunkered down and uh, you know, I've been doing radio here in Kansas City for over over 20 years and had a lot of great stories and a lot of great teammates and a lot of great experiences. And, you know, the Chiefs have been a hot ticket in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes and going to a couple of Super Bowls. And I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience of, of playing uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs in the 90s. And and we really, truly believe that the foundation for the Chiefs kingdom, which they call it, was built in the 90s. So talk a lot about the relationship with the players, talk a lot about relationship with the fans, which was so important. Uh, but more importantly, you know, talk about, uh, about a lot of the uh, uh, different things that happened throughout my life and my career as football and a bunch of stuff about Notre Dame and my recruiting process and under Lou Holtz, a lot of great Lou Holtz stories in it. So even though it does say a view from the center about my, the rebuilding of the Chiefs' kingdom, it does talk a lot about how I was built out of Chicago with really only one team to be able to root for, and that was University of Notre Dame. There was no other team that we were allowed to root for, <laughs> so that was my team, and it talked a lot about my relationship with my, my father and relationship with, with uh, Lou Holtz and, and the recruiting process, so it was a lot of fun to put all that down on paper.
2: This is the Legacy Heated Air Gave Day show with longtime Kansas City Chiefs and Pro Bowl center Tim Grunhardt. Well, let's start with with Lou. Um, tell me about uh, the first time that he walked into the room where um, your recruits, the, your fellow recruits were.
5: Well, it's an interesting story because Barry Faust did now recruit me at Notre Dame. I wasn't uh, tall enough and just didn't think I was good enough to play. Uh, for the Irish, and, and that kind of hurt me because I grew up being a huge Notre Dame fan, and that's the one school that I really wanted to go to. So I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder uh, uh, when when uh, when when Notre, I was watching Notre Dame football during that recruiting process, and you know Notre Dame was down a little bit. But there was this guy that called me uh, my junior year, going into my senior year, and that's kind of when recruiting started back then by the name of Lou Holtz. And he offered me a scholarship at University of Minnesota. Hmm. And so that's kind of how our relationship started. Uh, Lou offered me a scholarship at Minnesota. I really particularly didn't want to go to Minnesota. But, you know, I always loved Lou Holtz and, and George Stewart, who is the recruiting uh, guy for our area, who uh, was also on the staff in, uh, in the 80s uh, with, with Coach Holtz. And uh, that's kind of where the recruiting pro- uh, started for me. Uh, you know, in that in that process. But uh, when Jerry Faust was fired, Lou Holtz was hired, and I didn't hear from him. And I was like, oh, man, that'd be great if he could, you know, still like me at Notre Dame like he liked me at Minnesota. <laughs> like me, like <laughs> well, me. <laughs> I, yeah, please, please. I, that's why I wanted to go to school. And I thought, you know, my, it was just a twist of fate that the one guy uh, that offered me my first scholarship, now I had scholarships at University of South Carolina and texas and some other places by then but it still wanted to go to notre dame so uh make a long story short i get a phone call i'm working at walgreens right by midway airport on pulaski and uh i uh my my boss says hey you got a phone call and i thought it was a little strange but i got on the phone and it said tim grunhart this is new hoax from the university of notre dame and at, at that point i I thought it was one of my friends pulling my leg, you know? Because like, everybody I does was, a Lou
2: Holtz impression. You know?
5: Yeah, well, yeah, they do. And, you know, and, and the other thing is, you know, I'm at Walgreens. How the hell do you know I was there? So, you know, I was like, well, you know, what's You know, this is before cell phones and everything, so he must have called my house and my parents <laughs> said, hey, yeah, he's working. I don't know. So I finally realized that it was Lou Holtz after I embarrassed myself by saying, "Who is this, really?" Right? So, uh, so I thought, okay, that's it. I just ruined my one chance to get a scholarship. So, in the conversation, he basically told me, and this is all in the book, and it goes more in depth about the whole process. But he said, "Hey, we're not going to offer you a scholarship, but we want you to come to the campus. We want to meet you. We want to meet your parents, and and you know, we want you know, we liked you at Minnesota, but." You know, we're not sure we have a spot for you, but we want you to come out. So I went out for the weekend and wasn't, didn't have a scholarship. But uh, on Sunday morning, we just got to leave. Uh, Lou Holt sat me down, sat my parents down and offered me a scholarship. And uh, at that point, uh, that's where I knew where I wanted to go. And that's, I didn't accept it right on the spot. But a couple of days later, I called Coach and said, hey, you know, Coach, I'd really like to take that scholarship. And he said, okay, good, we'll, we'll be in touch. And he didn't seem excited it was like you know, I was like, oh my gosh you know so uh you know I was like oh what did I get myself into here so uh yeah it was a really a strange uh, uh recruiting process at Notre Dame I was basically the last guy to get offered a scholarship there uh but uh boy what a great experience met my wife there uh won a national championship there uh you know I was able to get drafted out of there and and, uh, boy, all my kids went there except for one, three of the four. Uh, so it was just a great experience for me, and I, I'm so blessed to have that opportunity.
0: It also established the, uh, the vital Walgreens to Notre Dame connection. <laughs> That's right. As far as getting offensive <laughs> linemen. <so. laughs>
5: That's you probably. know what? Uh, that, my, my NIL would be high karate. Oh, <laughs> I was going to ask
2: it. I've been asking a bunch of the players if the NIL was present, what, what would they like to have be there? connected to high karate man Ew.
0: man i'm old too because oh, i used yeah. to wear that years ago <laughs>
5: my dad used to wear it too oh man yeah, yeah
0: that's right that,
5: that, that was the big seller at walgreens so that's probably where your parents got him from so
2: i did read an excerpt and i hope you don't mind just staying with that recruiting and lou holtz of the auditorium wow. when uh um you were all there and he was referring i don't want to give it away i want you to tell the story but uh i need to give you enough hints yeah. where he refers do you know where i'm going
5: I know exactly where you're going. All right, Tim Grunhard, yeah, take so, it. Yeah, so we, so we, you know, we're in our very first meeting, and we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. And we're, you know, in that first recruiting class at University of Notre Dame under Lou Holtz, and you know Notre Dame was licking their wounds a little bit coming off that Miami game in 1985, and you know there was a lot of kind of disgruntled players, and you know it just wasn't a good atmosphere at that time at Notre Dame, which Lou was able to turn around, but. So when we walked in there, we felt pretty good about ourselves. You know, we're all sitting in the back. It was me, Mike Stonebreaker, and uh, Braxton Banks, and Tony Rice, and Anthony Johnson, oh, wow. and Dean Brown, and just a bunch of guys. And we felt pretty good about ourselves. And when uh, Lou Holtz walked in, the first thing he said was, all right, I want everybody to sit up. I want your feet on the ground. I want your back straight. I want you to get your notebook out and get your pens out. And I want all the guys that I recruited to stand up right now. And at this point, we thought that he was going to say, and this is typical Lou, and this is the way Lou works, and <laughs> we all know Lou now, and you guys probably know where this story's going, if you know Lou at all. <laughs> so we stood up, and we felt pretty good about ourselves, and Lou uh, said, let me tell you one thing, you guys back there that I recruited. He said, if I had one more month to recruit, if I had a little bit of more time to find some guys none of y'all would have been here. So sit down and be quiet. So, uh, you know, he, he read the room and knew that, that we felt pretty good about ourselves and that he was going to put us right back into our place. And, uh, you know, that, that recruiting class that it was kind of a throw together recruiting class, which it was, he didn't start the recruiting process until late December. Uh, you know, that turned out to be the nucleus of a national championship in 88 and, uh, I think maybe one of the best football teams that ever played at Notre Dame in 1989 that didn't win a national championship. Right, I agree. But uh, that that was uh, that was a great group of guys. And, and uh, Lou Holtz put us right in our spots, right from the beginning, and we knew what to expect from Coach from then on.
2: So you go to write this book. So were you relying on, did you, like, dictate memories into a, a device or something, or did you have a bunch of notes from things? Or what was your – process of putting this book together
5: yeah that's a that's that's another great question so uh uh, david smale who writes a bunch of books here in kansas city he said hey let's put together an outline and we put together an outline and then through that out from that outline i made all kinds of notes and wrote down a bunch of things about past players past experiences you know past games you know different stories and wrote all that stuff down and then uh, he would uh, go to the outline and then ask me questions, and I would read a lot of the stuff that I wrote down into a machine that he has that would take your dictation and put it in the paper. And then, you know, he would edit it and then send it to me, and then we'd revise it, and we, that's kind of the way we did it, you know, through every chapter. Uh, it took about six, seven months. It was a long uh, process. Uh, we tried to do it a couple days a week for about three or four hours a day. And uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a tough process, but it was a fun process. It it really reminded me of how blessed I am and and how great uh, football has been to me. Uh, that I've been able to use football as a vehicle to really you know make uh, a living and uh, to raise a family and, and to be a part of two great communities, Notre Dame obviously, and then Kansas City. So I'm just very very blessed to have been able to play football and. And that reminded me of, uh, of of how lucky I was. So I'm really glad I wrote it.
2: Well, I'm looking forward to reading it. So where can our listeners get it? And I understand you're going to be out at the Stanford home game next week at the bookstore. So give us some details how people can get it online and then your appearance
5: next week. Yeah, I am. And, uh, yeah, come on out. I'm going to bring some, uh, some stuff also to the bookstore and, you know, if you, even if you don't get a book, which I hope you do, I'm going to bring some cards and some different stuff for the Notre Dame fans for some kids. So come on out and see me uh, at the bookstore uh, next, uh, next Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, if, if, if you go to TimGrunhardt, uh, timgrunhard.com, that's my website. And if you buy it on that website, you get an autographed copy. But you can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Walmart online. You can get it at Target online. You can get it at Barnes and Noble online. You can get it at, you know, most of the online carriers uh, uh, have it. Uh, but uh, if you want an autographed uh, copy, then you just go to tim uh, timgrunhardt.com and uh, I'll take care of it. I'll I'll get it out designed. To but uh, yeah, you have an opportunity if you have the Stanford game, pop by and say hello. I'd love to see everybody. And yeah, guys, uh, if we I have a game on Friday night I'm still coaching high school football so oh, my goodness I'll be yeah so I'll be zipping in Saturday morning uh into Chicago and then making the drive over uh so it'll it'll be a tight window but I told Amanda my my representative that if there's any possibility stop by and say hello to you guys I'd love to do that you guys have been great to me over the years and be happy to do that and say hello but yeah I'll be on campus uh, uh going to the game and driving back to Chicago that night and getting back to Kansas city to do some game planning for a high school football game on Sunday. So it, wow. there's no rest for the weary, but you're, uh, but you're living, you're living
2: the, the dream, aren't but, you? Yeah.
5: Yeah. They pay these high school coaches so much. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. Well, i tell you, uh, uh,
2: Amanda has been great to work with and yes, we, we know your time constraints. If, uh, if it works out and somebody can grab a, a golf cart over there, our show's, 10 minutes away in the middle of Eddie Commons. We'll be be fortunate if you can, but we also understand if you can't.
5: Yeah, especially Eddie Commons. That's always such a great uh, atmosphere on game day, and I know you guys do a great job, and, yeah, I'd love to get over there. We'll see if we can get that worked out. But, uh, yeah, so if you guys, once again, if you go to timgrunhart.com or uh, on Amazon or or, or Barnes & Noble or Walmart, any of those uh, book carriers, Uh, You can find the book or just Google it and and Tim Grunhart uh, book and a bunch of websites come up, but uh, appreciate you guys, man. And and you guys do a great job uh, uh, of uh, covering Notre Dame sports and Notre Dame football. And let's go get a win. How about that? You got it. You
2: got it. We'll take it. Hey, again, thanks, Tim. Have a good day and a good weekend. All right. Thank you guys. All right. Bye. We'll be right back. You
5: know when that sharp bites?
2: Well, little Bobby Darin, who doesn't billow. like little Beck the Knife, He had a really good act in Vegas and was there for a lot of years. What do you got for us, Jim? Uh
0: Legacy Heating and Air Game Day brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business, also by Sherwood Tire, your one-stop uh your one-stop for complete auto care at the corner of US 30 and Oak Road in Plymouth, also by Barnaby's of Mishawak and Granger, serving Michigan's most favorite pizza since 1978.
2: Actually, I have a coupon for Barnaby's in my pocket, so that's Barnaby's for me tonight for dinner. Nice. For the wife and I watch the game. She probably won't watch it. She watch it. Not into football that much, but I'll watch it, you know, and eat the pizza.
0: What's left over that she 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 gets the residual effects. That's that's what uh, I like to call it. I like the, that. Of, of the pizza. So okay, I'll
2: take that. I'll take that. <laughs> hey, we love it when we have great guests, and we had really good long interviews. And yeah. because of that, we have to go to another break right away. Right. So we're going to be back on Sports Radio 960 WSBT streaming at WSBTradio.com dot com and available through the WSBT Radio app.
0: Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, brought to you, of course, by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also by Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. And by Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance, for amazingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance, call Tim at 574-232-9981. But not right now, he's a little busy.
2: (laughs) My phone's always going going off (laughs) over. Hey, for anybody that's got some big plans to go out to see the USC game on November 25th, uh, the Rockney Memorial will be having their ceremony there which they host hosts inside South Bend in some years but they're going to be out there from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time at the Grand Cathedral Ballroom they'll be honoring a guest we had last week Corey Miner and John Hewitt among many others so you can get tickets or reservations at wwwrockneysociety.org shop rockneysociety.org slice shop we'll be right back after a short break for the second hour of the Legacy Heating and air game day show. Joining us will be former Fighting Irish and 10-year NFL offensive lineman Sam Young. Also, we'll visit with former Notre Dame and NFL linebacker Corey Mays and stop in to talk with our favorite doctor, Dr. Brian Radigan, with the team in Vegas. So we hope you stay right there on your home for Fighting Irish football, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, when you want it the most, how bad does Notre Dame want this game today? I know that's kind of corny, Celine Dion, but that fits into my theme of a, a major act from Vegas, so I just caught that thing, and I thought, okay, it's a little stretch, but I'll put it in there. I get fun out of picking on my own bumpers every week. <laughs> I mean, it's part, it's
0: part of the deal that we made,
2: yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Welcome back. This is the second hour of the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show. I'm Tim Growl. Jim Arizari and Matt Embry producing here in the WSPT studios. We're so glad you took the time out of your day for listening. It's pretty cold out day. Good day to stay inside and and uh, listen to us and then watch the game. There's so many games on right now. Good one going on right now, Jim. Uh, Indiana's actually staying with Michigan. It's 14 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Right uh,
0: looks like 17 10 now. 17 10. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, All right. Michigan, Close game. Uh, Michigan leading that 13, uh, with 13 12 left in the game. Um, Number eight Tennessee leading uh, number twenty five LSU thirty seven to thirteen. Hang on a sec. <laughs> anyway, uh, also uh, number seventeen TCU thirty one, number nineteen Kansas twenty four, uh, Mississippi State all over Arkansas <clears throat> right now forty to seventeen, and then South Florida and Cincinnati ten uh, nothing South Florida.
2: Wow, wow. So. you know it's been a crazy it's been a crazy year. Well, you can watch those on TV or you can just stay right here on WSBT for all the Fighting Irish coverage. We're here about four and a half hours from kickoff right now. Stay right where you are because immediately following game day at 4 p.m. will be the game day sports beat powered by Michael Blight. That leads you into the network pregame show and then kickoff after just about 738, maybe 740 p.m. tonight. And your coverage is not over when the game ends. You need to turn in and stay with WSBT for after the game as you join our own Jim Arizeri and Reggie Brooks for the review of the game, plus all the stats and interviews on the official Notre Dame post game show, all on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And as a reminder, you can also get it th- available through the WSBT Radio Sports app and streaming at WSBTradio.com. And I think we have a Twitch thing too, but I'll have to get those things from uh, Matt for next time because I – there's we do every you, you're a part of that getting this all hooked up. Mm-hmm. We, we've got all these things going on right it's,
0: now. It's uh, it's certainly a hassle sometimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um, we're just waiting for our next guest, we're waiting for him to, to climb in here. So, what do you think is going to be the uh toughest thing Notre Dame's looking at. Do you think they they want to establish that run game again? Do they want to get uh, Drew Pine going or is getting the run game going what's going to get Drew Pine going?
0: <laughs> I th- I think what I think getting the running game going is going to get Drew Pine going just because the running game is going to open things up. It's it it's going to, you know, have everybody crash in the box which means your receivers are going to be able to uh, to get open sooner. So, I th- I think the run game's got to get going first. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Well, I was at the stadium about two months ago, mm-hmm. and, and boy, if I could have gone to this game, I would have. Because I was, uh, it was a State Farm Convention. We were about halfway up uh, the uh, in the stands, right at the fifty-yard line. There isn't. The oh, vets. out in uh, out in Vegas. Yeah, okay. in Allegiant Stadium, and it wasn't. Uh, you could even sit up at the top. From what I could see, there wasn't a bad seat in the place. Yeah, it's it, not like you're in nosebleed at that stadium.
0: Everything that I've heard about the stadium is that there's not a bad uh, not a bad seat in the house. And that it might even be a better experience than even SoFi out in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. or better than uh, the stadium in Dallas, uh, you know Jerry World, whatnot. Right. So uh, yeah, I've and plus it looks cool. It does. It, like, it does. It really and it's looks in cool. Vegas. It, it's in Vegas. It's got it. It's got the whole Raiders motif of of kind of looking like the Death Star, and <laughs> and it, like it, it all just works. Yeah, so.
2: it does. Well, and we. I found the technology that's going to work right now and bring us our next guest, another newbie to uh, uh, game day over our 50 years, my 23. I couldn't find his name anywhere. I've always had him on my asterisk, but he kept playing in the NFL for so long I couldn't get a hold of him. So he's just finished up his career in the NFL a little while ago, but he had a stellar four-year career at uh, Notre Dame. So let's bring aboard Sam Young. Hey, Sam. Hey, guys. How are you all doing? Thanks for
1: having me on.
2: We're doing great. How's your day going today?
1: Oh, beautiful day. was are playing tonight. Looking forward to it.
2: Where do you Where are you calling from? Where are you? What's What's home?
1: So I'm up in Philadelphia now. Uh, after my uh, career concluded, uh, headed back to get a master's degree. So uh, moved up to Philadelphia for a couple of years.
2: Good for you, man! You go from the the, the thick of a NFL playing and you're getting your masters. And so, what when you're all done? What do you want to do with that? What will you be doing with that?
1: uh we, We're waiting, seeing. Uh, I've done a couple different things. Uh, was fortunate to work in a couple industries, everything from real estate development to banking during my career. In my off seasons, uh, did some consulting this summer, but. Uh, You know, I think uh, for me, going back to school is an opportunity to look at kind of what the next act of my life would be. And so really leaning full force into it and have uh, really enjoyed the experience.
2: So Notre Dame's always there through your uh, pro career and now your business career. You're uh, obviously sounds like a total believer in the give me four, get you 40, although we've had a number of guests who coined that? Alan Rossum. He said, I think it should be give you four, give us your whole life, or you get your whole life.
1: <laughs> Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think and uh, I think if you ask my parents during the recruiting process, uh, I remember that being said, and I think they sold my mom right on that. And uh, just, <laughs> you know, the four for 40. And, uh, you know, I think during my time uh, at Notre Dame and, and throughout the, the connections you build, uh, not only with your teammates but your classmates uh, you know it's it's definitely a special place and continues to uh you know hold a special place in my heart trying to get back back as much as i can probably not as much as i'd like to but um you know it, it's always near and dear to me
2: so you come out of uh florida two-time florida class a all-state uh, selection you also practice the discus throw we want a state title in the shot put so what what was the recruiting, other than the 4 for 40 uh, the Notre Dame pitch to bring you all the way up to South Bend from from nice and toasty Florida?
1: <laughs> well, uh, I, I was definitely the the Florida kid on campus. I know I think it was the first time it snowed. I was still wearing flip-flops, which <laughs> I thought was completely normal. Uh, needless to say, I had to put my feet by the heater for probably an hour to get <laughs> get, get the feeling back in them. But I know no, a bunch I, of South I Bend think, natives who do that.
0: So yeah, right, yeah. I mean, you're not too <laughs> far out of out of bounds. So, <laughs> so, no, but it
1: was um, it was I won't say it was the weather, uh, but it was look, I, I my mom's a high school English teacher. Uh, so academics were always very important, and uh, you talked about tradition and and opportunities. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, second to none uh, in those in all three of those categories, really. So it ended up being, uh, you know, not not to uh, didn't have to pull my arm too hard to get me from Florida up to Indiana. And like I said, I mean, what I look back on it all the time, and I've had people ask me, would you know, if you could do it all over? Again, would you change anything? And uh, you know I, I I'm so thankful and and glad that uh, not only did I have an opportunity to go to Notre Dame, but I ended up going uh, you know making that decision.
2: Do you remember who the uh, student player was that was assigned to you when you came up on your recruiting trip, or maybe there was more than one?
1: I don't remember who my host was off top of my head, but I do remember. Um, you know, I can tell you my freshman year when I was still trying to figure it out, uh, was rooming on our home and away games with Ryan Harris, who's still a close friend of mine. And, you know, he he taught me what it was like to, you know, play under the bright lights at Notre Dame and everything from figuring out, managing the on-campus requirements with, uh, you know, with, the football requirements and hey what's it like to go against this team and a night game how do you prepare differently and uh, you know like i said still a very uh, dear friend to this day and had, you know had a heck of a career in his own right but that was you know probably the first you know memory of someone just having an impact and you know for myself looking at it and saying you know what like these are the right people uh you know i've i've I found
2: We're uh, talking with uh, former uh, Notre Dame and NFL offensive lineman, Sam Young. So, Sam, you you started as a true freshman, which at that time was the first true freshman to start on the offensive line since they started letting freshmen play in in 1972. So were you still – were you 18 at that time?
1: I think, if I remember correctly, I think I was either 18 or just turned 19. Okay, But – but, yeah, I remember uh, playing Georgia Tech. I think we were both highly ranked going into that game. It was a night game. And, you know, was, for for someone, like you said, a true freshman, their first uh, – or especially an offensive lineman playing their first game in a hostile environment was uh, definitely quite the experience. I think if I went back and turned on the film uh, now, I would probably, probably <laughs> cringe a little bit. But, um but it was a it was a ton of fun, and I you know it definitely helped you know prepare me for the rest of my career as, as uh, ND and beyond.
2: Let, 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 let's dive deeper into that. So you're at um, August camp, and uh, you're coming mm-hmm. in as a freshman. Walk us through that process of how how did you work up that ladder so quickly to be a starter when less than less than what? Ten months earlier, you were still playing in high school.
5: Yes. Yeah,
1: no, quite quite the transition. And, uh, you know, I think it started with, I was really fortunate, uh, you know, went to St. Thomas Aquinas down in South Florida, and uh, they they run a tremendous program. My head coach was George Smith, who, uh, you know, is a Hall of Fame coach in his own right, and uh, really had had kind of given me the tools to, you know, enable me to succeed succeed at the next level. But to your point, going into camp, you know, you go from, from high school to college and, uh, you know, the saying is everyone's on scholarship. And there's there's no bad players. And, I, you know, I think with uh, the support of, you know, Coach Weiss, Coach Latino was my offensive line coach at the time, just, you know, took it day by day. And I know to your point, I, I remember, you know, in uh, high school, <laughs> you're going against the 4-3 pretty vanilla stuff, and all of a sudden you're calling out these different blitzes uh, going in, in camp against the first-team first defense for ND. And, and, you know, they're like, oh, well, that was a Mike Will. And I'm like, well, who's Mike and who's Will? Um, you know, these guys on the team. And they're like, no, that's the linebackers trying to keep up. and um, But just, you know, took it day by day and a uh, lot of support from teammates and, you know, tried to, really lean into things and uh, like I said, you know, worked out great, uh, you know, kind of set the stage for things to come. But uh, it was you know, there were there were daunting days to be sure during my training camp. Sure.
2: So um how do you remember when they told you you're you gonna start?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I remember it was I believe the week going in and uh, you know, as as you could probably imagine, uh couldn't have been more excited. Uh Probably was more anxious than I would probably care to admit, um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's I guess it's like Hoosiers—the foul lines, whatever, whatever it is, ten feet—and you know, at the end of the day, football is football, and uh, you know, once once the whistle blows, you step in between the lines. You you know, as an offensive lineman, you have a job to do and you know, keep yourself in between the ball carrier or the quarterback, and uh, you you're able to kind of zone in. And, uh, you know, kind of focus on that and, you know, block out the rest of the distractions. But it was definitely a a very exciting time. (laughs) But I think, you know, if I put myself back in those shoes, probably uh, probably a bit nervous going into, you know, a game of that kind of uh, magnitude.
2: We're with uh, Sam Young, former Notre Dame uh, lineman. So you made 50 starts on the offensive line. And at what point did you know that you wanted to, or thought that you could, felt you could compete at the pro level?
1: I think it was uh, it was either towards the end or, or right after my junior season because I, I remember I had gotten some emails um, from from agents uh, from um, from from people in the media asking me if I was going to declare if you will for the draft and you know i you know playing at the next level was always a goal of mine but i think that was kind of the first inkling that like hey this is this is pretty real um you know decided and I, i couldn't even say decided it wasn't really a thought i was gonna complete my education and come back for my senior season but you know, kind of going through that year, um, you know, you, you're, you're having scouts come out to practice or watching game film and, um, you know, had, had a sense that it would have some sort of an opportunity to play at the next level. And like I said, that was, you know, a, a childhood goal of mine, but to be able to, you know, see concrete evidence of it, if you will, was, was really cool. Um,
2: so you parlayed all that into a successful uh, NFL career, which is sometimes more of a business, and it is a, a game and stuff. Um, towards the last latter years, and and this happens to all sorts of star players and everything, you know, uh, release, resign, release, resign, signed again, release. How do you? How many You have to have a good mindset to to keep keep up with uh, keep up with that and feel good about yourself but like I said I've many star players this has happened to and obviously it happened to you but how do you deal with that do they kind of tell you well we're going to release you but we're going to resign you in a couple days
1: yeah sometimes they do sometimes they, they don't And uh, to your point uh, you, you learn quickly um, the business of the NFL and I where my kind of uh, the first moment I, I realized that it was um, my first year in dallas and uh, a guy that i had uh, you know kind of shoveled to and from the facility from or with uh, was looking all around the facility for him because he was my ride back to our hotel and i remember going into uh someone on the staff's office and just said hey have you seen so-and-so and he said oh he's on his way to the airport and in my mind i'm like what you- He's supposed to be giving me a ride that's kind of messed up and <laughs> needless to say uh he was going to the airport for a very different reason
4: <laughs> um but
1: you know and you know that's just i you know unfortunately i had too many stories uh like that but yeah you, you you learn quickly and i think um you know again was for- very fortunate to have uh good good folks around me good mentors to help me Ah, uh, learn how to you know kind of thrive if you will in that environment. And yeah, you shoot. You know, you're kind of day to day, and you learn quickly to take that mindset to practice with you. Where uh, look, I hey, I'm gonna buy myself another day if you will, or I'm gonna get a little bit better today. But you know, at the end of it, it's you know, it for myself, it's like okay, fine you know, you get released, going to the next city, but it's. <laughs> you know, it's my wife and my girls that are the, you know, the one that becomes tough on, but it's, it's part of the life, uh, you know, and it's, it, if that's the, uh, if that's the cost to live out, live out that dream, I think it was well worth it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I feel really lucky, lucky, um, got to kind of retire on my own terms oh, and leave the game. Yeah. Um, and so for, for me, you know, it's, it, it, to circle, circle back to your point, yes, it's it's a business, but it was it was very good to me, very good to my family, and uh, a, a heck of a ride to say the least.
2: We're visiting with former Fighting Irish four-year offensive lineman starter Sam Young on Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. So here we go, present day. What's your thoughts on the Irish?
1: Thoughts on the Irish? You know what? I think I've been uh, been really encouraged by uh, the last game. I know you know bit of. Uh, you know, up and down start, you know, I think the Ohio State game was really encouraged. Of course, the following game, uh, you know, was disappointing. But, you know, I think, you know, I think the components are there. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, hopefully the momentum from the previous game carry into this week. And I think, you know, looking at this game, I think it's a great opportunity to continue to to build momentum, get on the right track, if you will, against, you know, ranked opponent um so i i'm encouraged I, I loved uh i guess the unc game establishing a run game it's you know being an offensive lineman you love to see that so um we, we're really looking forward to tonight and hopefully seeing seeing the guys uh, you know continue to to build and, and and uh get on that right path
2: i bet you would have loved to play either college or pro in that stadium tonight if you've if you've seen it it's quite a quite a place
1: yeah. So luckily, well, it's a two-sided coin. So my, my last uh, team was with the Raiders and they had just moved to Vegas. So I did get to oh, play in the okay. venue, albeit, albeit it was during COVID. So never got to see it at <laughs> kind of uh, in all its glory all right. filled to the, filled to the brim, but it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful field, uh, beautiful facility, right, right on the strip. Um, it's, uh, you know, I would imagine a great place to watch a game, and I know I certainly enjoyed playing there. I'm sure the the, the guys will have uh, fun out there, and you know, I, I I think the Shamrock Series is such a great thing, getting to play all over and and some of these really neat venues, and you know, doing the uniform and all that. But uh, yeah, excited for the guys because it, it is a fantastic, fantastic venue.
2: Well, you'll be watching with the rest of us tonight, or listening whatever. Absolutely, we're ten and zero in Shamrock games. Let's hope it's a eleventh one.
1: Looking forward to eleven and zero.
2: All right, sure. thanks a lot, Sam, for staying in this, uh, coming on with us. I'll stay in touch with you. Uh, if you're ever in town for a home game, we, we do live shows by the campus too. We'd we'll love to have you on there.
1: Yeah, sounds sounds great. We'll do, and uh, thank you so much for having me on. Really enjoyed it.
2: You got it. Go Irish. Go Irish. Stay with us. We're back after a short break with former NFL and Notre Dame linebacker Corey Mays on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, your home for the Fighting Irish. You know, I really am a business guy and a a former coach and everything. You'd think I'm so busy I wouldn't pick all these TV themes and movie themes, but (laughs) I do watch TV and I do watch movies and stuff. So that was a little bit of the intro from uh, the old Las Vegas TV show with James Caan and Josh Demel. I thought it was a pretty good show, but it lasted about six years and stuff too. So what do you got over there for our show?
0: Uh, First of all, Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, powered by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also brought to you by Michelob Ultra, locally distributed by United Beverage Company. Michelob Ultra, the superior light beer with only uh, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Also by the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. And Imperial Furniture in Dowagiac, where furniture shopping is fun.
2: And our next guest is one of my favorite guests, and he's always, always at, helps me out when somebody cancels out the last minute, but it's not just that. He always has a lot of good things to say, and we enjoy talking to him, and that would be former Notre Dame and NFL linebacker, Corey Mays. Hey, Corey.
4: Hey, what's going on? How you doing, everybody? What a, what a great Saturday we have for ourselves today.
2: Is, uh, you're down in Texas. You told me so. They got to be happy. Last time I saw, they were drubbing Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, they won forty forty nine. Yeah, people nothing. are
4: very happy here today.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let's do the reverse. and Normally, we talk about Notre Dame later. Will Notre Dame fans be happy tonight at about eleven
4: thirty? What I think they will. I'm, I'm taking the most positive route I can at this point, coming off of a bye week, trying to you know get all those things together. You know, perspective of new head coach. You know all the change that's going on around the program. A lot of people think you know everything should have just been streamlined. But no, there was a lot of change. And I think you know getting these players fixing these mental errors, I think that will be the difference in the game tonight and really kind of starting that rally for the rest of the season.
2: It's kind of asking an awful lot now that you say that about when you have a new coach come in about expecting and just to get a running start. And you experienced that because if if my memory serves me correct, you were coach was coach Willingham and then the two week coach O'Leary and, and then the Charlie Weiss, right? Were you involved? That yeah, about? Don't
4: forget Bob Davey. Oh, Bob Davey oh, in there. Man. That's true. That's yeah. true.
2: So would you agree that it, people, the fans, they don't want to give any slack, right? They, they want you just to you know, step on the accelerator the first day and stuff, but there's a lot to that. It, you can't just do, you got to work at that. It's every game you should be getting better.
4: Expectations are expectations. You're correct, and I think a lot of fans are confused from the Ohio State game to to the Marshall game. But I, I, you know, I think admittedly, you know, the coaches said, you know, we probably put too much into Ohio State, and you didn't prepare enough really for Marshall. So I, you know, and it looked like it that in the game, missed assignments, you know, confusion, just just you're out of place and out of position. And I think for this team, in order to to move forward, a lot of the things that I've observed is a lot of technique things, you know, like you look at defense, you know, they're rushing the passer or they're trying to get there and there's open rush lanes or they're loose and contained and plays that should be dead three and out, you know, punt, you know, the quarterbacks are able to run and scramble and get a first down. And those are the things you need when your offense is struggling to, you know, help them. You, You need to get off the field as a defense and help yourself.
2: So when you're watching those, uh, uh, first four games, uh, the linebacking crew was taking some criticism there uh, for for a while, and everybody thought the linebacking crew would be one of the one of the strengths. Would you concur with that as you were watching the game?
4: I think so. I think you you know again missed tackles, you know mm-hmm. not fitting the hole the right way. Uh, but you know it's complementary complementary football with your D line as well. So they have to make sure that they're not getting pushed back off the ball either you know but i think a lot of times i see kind of linebackers running in on blitzes and the shoulder not square to the line of scrimmage and anytime you know you're not square to the line of scrimmage you will create a gap or you know or you will be able to you know
0: are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data look no further than midwest data depot your local off-site backup storage solution contact us today visit midwestdatadepot.com